Welcome to another episode of the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast. I'm your host, Midnight Star. What you heard was I Am the Goddess Divine by Lucidian. The idea for the topic of today's show came from myself and a question that I posted on a pagan Facebook group. The question, are there any atheists in paganism? And the answer that I got was yes, they do exist. One of the respondents mentioned that they didn't have a god or goddess to worship until 10 years later. So there's another pantheon for all you newbies out there trying to find your own path. Nonetheless, it is a controversial topic depending on who you talk to. 
Before I go on to the next song, I should mention that since this podcast had been around for two years, the music from the Goddesses Vault podcast Facebook page has zero comments in it. I know that many of you are listening to this in your cars, which is okay, but if you're not driving, then go to the Facebook page and comment or make a suggestion for a topic, Spirit Guide or Dream Symbol. Or better yet, the other thing that you can do, I've seen this happen on Twitter, but I also want to see this on Facebook. Recommend this podcast to a friend who can listen to this. How about that? Oh, the other ways that you can contact me is at the end of the show. Before I tell you more about pagan atheists, I'm going to have you listen to some Assembly of the Sacred Wheel with There Is No End. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning, there is only change. There is no end, no beginning. There is only change. There is no end, no beginning. There is only change. There is no end, no beginning. There is only change. There is no end, no beginning. knows that paganism is a polytheistic religion. Polytheistic means that you believe in many gods or goddesses, but there are those pagans that don't ascribe themselves to any pantheon whatsoever. These pagans are on the path of loving nature and they don't believe that nature should be assigned any human traits. As I was doing my research on pagan atheists, there is a forgotten history of them starting in ancient Greece. It begins with the pre-Socrats who looked for the origins of the universe and not in a supernatural way. In 5th century BCE, there was Xenophanes who argued that the gods were projections of human qualities. There has been atheists all throughout the rest of history, but I want to focus more on the beliefs of the pagan atheists of today. They do love nature, but I think they worship the universe, their higher self, and our energy more so than human gods and goddesses. Here's Hecate's wheel with chipping away self-preservation. Chipping away at the pieces of you Revealing again my My true soul, my true being Well, I've forgotten Well, I've forgotten I was this bright Well, I've forgotten I was this bright Even you and Little by little, some pieces 
Spirit Guide of the Week. This next spirit guide isn't human or animal. This spirit guide is going to be a tough one for me to explain because it's keeping up with today's topic. This week's spirit guide is energy. Energy has different names. It could be called life force, divine spark, spirit of things, or if you're a Star Wars fan, the force. Energy is also called chi in China, prana in Hinduism, ankh in ancient Egyptian, and it has many different names depending on the culture you are in. There are two sources that energy comes from, the solar and the 
telluric current. The solar current is the sun that produces light and heat. The telluric current is the energy coming from the core of Mother Earth. Combine these two currents and you get the four elements of Earth, air, fire, and water. But most importantly, energy is what creates life. And the things that we use every day like the light bulb, cars, computers, and a whole lot more. What you can offer energy on your altar are the following. Candle and incense for fire. Any food that comes from an animal or plant. No junk food, please. And you can offer yourself by meditating, dancing, doing a spell, exercising, healing, or just plain moving. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week.
That was Untamed Energy by Levantis. The controversy about pagan atheists is that those of us that are polytheists would say that you can be pagan or an atheist, but you can't be both. Some of us polytheists think that one would do a disservice to paganism if you are a pagan atheist. Atheist pagans do worship nature, but without the anthropomorphic deities. They see the god and the goddess as more of a poetic version of the feminine and masculine, or the yin and the yang. If you are wondering what anthropomorphic means, let's just say that ancient Greeks associate Zeus with thunder as the god of thunder, or Poseidon as the sea god, because they did not have the scientific know-how as we do today on how thunder and the sea are created. Some pagan atheists also don't believe in magic or do spells. Some also don't follow the Celtic Wheel of the Year either. I didn't mention in an earlier show that some places in North America only have one harvest festival, not two. So they can either celebrate Lunasa and not Mabin or vice versa. I know that some of you who are traditional polytheists are shocked by what I just said. But remember, do as ye will but harm none. Here's my view on pagan atheists. First off, I am an eclectic pagan. Otherwise, I'm a polytheist that has lots of deities from a lot of different paths and not just one. But if there was a pagan atheist in my coven, which there isn't at the moment, I would welcome their views with open arms. So on behalf of all pagan atheists out there, I'm going to play Behold the Passionate Ways of Nature by Hegelus Rune Dance.
symbol is the moon. If you have a dream where you do see the moon, it signifies some hidden and mysterious aspect of yourself. If you see a crescent moon in your dreams, it's letting you know of cyclic changes, renewal, and movement that is currently happening in your life. To have a full moon in your dreams signifies completion and wholeness in your waking life. If you dream of an eclipse of the moon, it's letting you know that your feminine side is being overshadowed in a current situation. If in your dreams you see two moons, it means that you are being pulled in two different directions. If you see five moons in your dream, it's letting you know that there is mass confusion occurring in your life. If you dreamt that you jumped and touched the moon, it's letting you know about your ambitions and that you should aim high. If your dream is set in the moonlight, it means some sort of emotional breakthrough is happening in your current life. And if you dreamed that an asteroid hits the moon and causes it to explode, it's letting you know that the craziness in your life is getting out of control. That is it for this week's dream symbol. If you want a dream for me to interpret and maybe have a dream symbol featured, the contact information will be mentioned at the end of the show. So keep dreaming. Join us in the woodland Rabble high through the night Till the dawn is at hand Nightingale sings and wails She's our secret keeping Dead of night, dark moonlight All the men are sleeping All the men are sleeping Spirit high, come dance with me and earth and water free Lay your hand upon my breast Take me to your blessed rest Nightingale sings and wails She's our secret keeping Dead of night, dark moonlight All the men are sleeping All the men are sleeping Gladly join the circle dance There's no telling what may chance Linger while the fires die With the sacred lover lie Nightingale sings and wails She's our secret keeping Dead of night, dark moonlight All the men are sleeping All the men are sleeping 
Lady, hey, steal away, join us in the woodland, revel high in the night till the dawn is at hand. Here's another myth. This next story comes from pitt.edu. This one is a creation myth from the Philippines called How the World Was Made. Thousands of years ago, there was no land, nor sun, nor moon, nor stars, and the world was only a great sea of water above which stretched the sky. The water was the kingdom of the god Maguayan, and the sky was ruled by the great god Captain. Maguayan had a daughter called Litigat, the sea, and Captain had a son known as Lihagan, the wind. The gods agreed to the marriage of their children, so the sea became the bride of the wind. Three sons and a daughter were born to them. The sons were called Likalabutan, Liedlau, and Libulan, and the daughter received the name of Lisuga. Likalabutan had a body of a rock, which was strong and brave. Liedlau was formed of gold and was always happy. Libulan was made of copper and was weak and timid and the beautiful Lesuga had a body of pure silver and was sweet and gentle. Their parents were very fond of them, and nothing was wanting to make them happy. After a time, Lehagen died and left the control of the winds to his eldest son, Nikalabutin. The faithful wife Litigat soon followed her husband, and the children, now grown up, were left without a father or mother. However, the grandfathers, Captain and Maguayan, took care of them and guarded them from all evil. After a time, Likalabutin, proud of his power over the wind, resolved to gain more power, and asked his brothers to join him in an attack on Captain in the sky above. At first, they refused, but when Likalabutin became angry with them, the amiable Liadlau, not wishing to offend his brother, agreed to help. Then together they induced the timid Libulin to join in the plan. When all was ready, the three brothers rushed at the sky, but they could not beat down the gates of steel that guarded the entrance. Then Likalabutin let loose the strongest winds and blew the bars in every direction. The brothers rushed into the opening, but were met by the angry god Captain. So terrible did he look that they turned and ran in terror. But Captain, furious at the destruction of his gates, sent three bolts of lightning after them. The first struck the copper Lebulin and melted him into a ball. The second struck the god Liedlau, and he too was melted. The third bolt struck Li Kalabutin, and his rocky body broke into many pieces and fell into the sea. So huge was he that parts of his body struck out above the water and became what is known as land. In the meantime, the gentle Lisuga had missed her brothers and started to look for them. She went towards the sky, but as she approached the broken gates, Captain, blinded with anger, struck her too with lightning, and her silver body broke into thousands of pieces. Captain came down from the sky and tore the sea apart, calling on Maguayan to come to him and accusing him of ordering the attack on the sky. Soon Maguayan appeared and answered that he knew nothing of the plot, and he had been asleep far down in the sea. After a time, he succeeded in calming the angry captain. 
Together they wept at the loss of their grandchildren, especially the gentle and beautiful Lasuga, but with all their power they could not restore the dead to life. However, they gave to each body a beautiful light that will shine forever. And so it was the golden Liadlo became the sun, and copper Lebulin the moon, while the thousands of pieces of silver, the Suga, shine as the stars of heaven. To wicked Le Calibutin, the gods gave no light, but resolved to make his body support a new race of people. So Captain gave so Captain gave Maguayan a seed, and he planted it on the land, which, as you will remember, was a part of Lee Calibutin's huge body. Soon, a bamboo tree grew up, and from the hollow of one of its branches, a man and a woman came out. The man's name was Sikalak, and the woman was called Sikabe. They were the parents of the human race. Their first child was a son, whom they called Libu. Afterwards, they had a daughter who was known as Salmon. Pandaguen was a younger son, and he had a son called Arian. Pandaguen was very clever and invented a trap to catch fish. The very first thing he caught was a huge shark. When he brought it to land, it looked so great and fierce that he thought it was surely a god, and he at once ordered his people to worship it. Soon all gathered around and began to sing and pray to the shark. Suddenly the sky and sea opened, and the gods came out and ordered Pandaguen to throw the shark back into the sea and to worship none but them. All were afraid except Pandaguen. He grew very bold and answered that the shark was as big as the gods, and that since he had been able to overpower it, he would also be able to conquer the gods. Then Captain, hearing this, struck Pandaguen with a small thunderbolt, for he did not wish to kill him but merely to teach him a lesson. Then he and Medaguen decided to punish these people by scattering them over the earth. So they carried some to one land and some to another. Many children were afterwards born, and thus the earth became inhabited in all parts. Pandaguen did not die. After lying on the ground for 30 days, he regained his strength, but his body was blackened from the lightning, and all his descendants ever since that day had been black. His first son, Arian, was taken north, but as he had been born before his father's punishment, he did not lose his color, and all of his people, therefore, are white. Libu and Salmon were carried south, where the hot sun scorched their bodies and caused all their descendants to be of a brown color. A son of Samhain and the daughter of Sikalak were carried east, where the land at first was so lacking in food that they were compelled to eat clay. On this account, their children and their children's children have always been yellow in color. And so the world came to be made and peopled. The sun and the moon shine in the sky, and the beautiful stars light up the night. All over the land, on the body of the envious Likalabutin, the children of Sikalak and Sikabe have grown in great numbers. May they live forever in peace and brotherly love.
That was Fire of Creation by Abby Spinner McBride. Before that was Dark Moon Circle by Cynthia McQuillan. That is it for this show. I'm your host, Midnight Star. After talking to a fellow pagan, I'm rethinking what I said earlier in the show. I still do want you to give me suggestions on what topic, spirit guide, or dream symbol you want me to talk about, but I don't mind you writing that you like the show, or liking or sharing a post on the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast Facebook page. I also don't mind retweets on Twitter as well. I'm glad that Twitter is now accepting 280 characters in their tweets. Oh, and you can tweet me at Goddess Vault. You can also post a comment through SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Mixcloud, or wherever you hear this podcast. I'm going to leave you with Floating Universe by Etnica. Blessed be.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.